You are listening to a conservative review production. Trust, but verify. You're listening to The Conservative Conscience. In Washington, politicians are full of half-truths and hot air. The Conservative Conscience is here to help you cut through the rhetoric and noise and explore the politically right way to think about the issues. You'll dive into one of the most insightful conservative minds in America. Conservative Review Senior Editor Daniel Horowitz. And along with co-host Joe Koss, they break down the major issues in Washington. You are now entering The Conservative Conscience. Welcome back to the Conservative Conscience. This is your host, Daniel Harwitz. I got my co-host back with me, Joe Koss here. And I know you guys are all excited from last night. Big election. We're all up to late. I owe my own wife uh, <laughs> a date night tonight because, oh boy, we, we were all up late at Conservative Review. Very exciting times in politics. Um, you know, we're going to do something different here. At Conservative Conscience, we're very much passionate about the issues I always tell people I could feel strongly about an issue. I can't feel strongly about, I think, candidate A is going to win this election or that election. But I know, I know I've, I'm getting a lot of questions about it. Everyone wants to know what's going to happen. And we really want to look into the post-Wisconsin crystal ball. Let, let's see how this election likely plays out. I'd like to take everyone through that. First off, just want to get some house-clearing stuff done. you got to sign up for LevinTV.com. You know, I'm pretty busy every night trying to write my stuff, finish up my, my book, Stolen Sovereignty. You could order it at Amazon.com. But I always make time for that, you know, 45 minutes or so every night, LevinTV.com. Um, most radio show hosts, I've noticed when they start a, a, you know, a TV show every night, it's really just a reiteration of the radio show. Um, but this is, it's something new. It's long form. It's educational. You know, last night he had uh, Senator Mike Leon, a long-form interview just about his whole worldview, system of governance. I mean, this is very important, this long-form discussion, Joe. Um, Joe, have you have you been catching uh, Levin TV every night? I have. I signed up before, uh, before the promotional period was over, but uh, that's what I really like about it. I mean, this is going to age me a little bit and make me sound super geeky, but I remember when Rush Limbaugh had his show, and, and nothing against Rush. I mean, Man, he, you are old. He, he tried to he tried to do a little bit of a different format, and it was on in the morning, and it was you know normal TV. But I think what Levin does is Levin is a scholar for sure, and he's worked in you know a presidential administration. He knows this stuff, and this is an opportunity you know without commercial interruption to have him really sort of dive into these issues, sort of like we do here on the podcast and really kind of draw them out rather than just being little segments and nuggets of things. Yeah, there's no drive-by. And there's also a lot of historical stuff. Like you said, he worked in the Reagan administration. He actually uh, had a whole show on the assassination attempt of Reagan. He also had a whole show on Nancy Reagan. Some new stuff I didn't know. So definitely check it out, levintv.com. And and speaking of long form, like I said, we don't do anything half-baked here at CR. And even when it comes to the horse race, not just the you know the policy, the ideology, the constitutional issues – um, we got long-form stuff. I have my top nine observations on Wisconsin last night. Our colleague, Rob, you know we got to get him on our show one time. Um, he's going to follow up with a, a number of stuff. you got to follow him at Robino on, on Twitter. Um, he knows he's such a nerd. He's spoken to every state secretary of state's office to get the rules of the delegate allocation and selection process. So you're definitely going to want to follow him for the next couple 
couple months. So, you know, Joe, I just wanted to start with, you know, really working backwards. What happened in Wisconsin looking through it in, in the lens of the future? Right. You know, where, where this, you know, where this goes. And I think, you know, we had this thesis that we spoke about a lot and we said Trump is winning a plurality but in a way that nobody has ever done before. Normally you get momentum, you carry the day the rest of the way. Here it was because it was all name ID. It was all that's all you heard, unprecedented historical levels of saturation level TV coverage. And but but everyone else who wasn't voting for him downright hated him. He was just winning because of the divided field. You get the divided field out, one on one crews would, would beat him. Last night was the first test case because you know Arizona was already banked because of early voting Utah was unique because the Mormon vote this was the first one and you see last night the 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 important observation I have going forward a lot of people are missing this wasn't some sort of tactical strategic anti-Trump voting because this was a pro-Cruz vote and what I mean by it what what Wisconsin demonstrated is this if you until now if you pull any state at any given time Trump's ahead. Every single state. Had you had a lot of people ask me why we don't have a national primary day, had we had a national primary day, Trump would have won 50 states, right? Because at that time, he was ahead everywhere because it's just the generic name ID. But where Cruz is able to go in to a state for a week or two at a time, not just two days, but a full week or two and harness the attention and focus the the race and people see hey there's another guy in the race i never hear about this ted cruz guy on fox news and cnn you know i never read about him and you see he won every major demographic including traditional trump demographics um you know non-college educated he won by 11 he won seniors by 11 um you you know and and that's the thing there was a big part of the state that was very much tailor-made to Trump, he won all that. You know, there's a lot of talk about Trump winning the male vote, but but this anti-Trump just sentiment among women would carry the day with Cruz. Guess what? Cruz won men by 13. He won women by 13. It was uniform pro-Cruz. And before I get your take, Joe, my, my other big observation, again, and this is going to be important going, going forward, Cruz won this big victory even given that it was an open primary, a lot of people forget 35%, according to exits, were not even Republicans. So if you drill down to the exit numbers, Cruz won Republicans by 22 points. He got 54%, um, would have easily carried those two districts that Trump got had it only been open to Republicans. So going forward with closed primaries, this is a different story. Yeah, completely. I mean, you touched on a couple of things that I see as the keys to either victory for Cruz or that is troublesome for Trump, depending on which camp you're in. One of them is definitely the fact that as the you know, we go forward, everything's going to be closed, meaning that you're, you know, you're not going to get people that are swinging over to mess with things. You've had a limited amount of that because the other side has been so contested with Bernie and Hillary. But still, like you said last night, we saw a big group of people coming over and voting, you know, more, more or less for Trump. The other big thing uh, moving forward, too, is the fact that it's, it's, a smaller field. I know you kind of threw Arizona and Utah out because of how they're different, but I still see this as as we've shrunk in the field to three guys. Cruz has won two of them, and, and, and Trump has only won one. 
small sample size and like like you said those two states but but moving forward it, it's clear that it's it's a high likelihood, and Mark Levin said this on his show the other day, that we're going to a contested convention. I mean, it, mathematically, Cruz is, is, would be almost impossible for him to get the 1237. He could still do it at this point, but at some point, the numbers are just going to, you know, the math is going to switch off. Sure. And then you would say, well, shouldn't he get out, just like everyone's asking for Kasich to get out? Well, it's not the same thing, because... At some point, you can also stop Cruz, and then you have to say, okay, now what? And before we get to that thing, though, you know, you're, you're talking crystal ball. That's sort of how I see it, that with these closed primaries and with this late momentum, I really see this coming down not only to a contested, con- you know, convention or an open convention or whatever, you know, it ends up being – it, it's going to be that, but you're also going to see a delegate count that's going to be very, very close at the end. Exactly. And and you could go to my article and you see my spreadsheet. To be clear, the spreadsheet is not my crystal ball. What it is is I demonstrate how it's possible for Cruz to get to catch him in a plurality, get catch him in the same, same number of delegates, both around 1050 or so, um, short of the 1237. The remainder going to Rubio Cruz, some un, unbound. But, you know, at this point, even even if that optimistic crew scenario doesn't play out, it, it's very easy for him to keep him Trump, you know, to within 100, around 1100. And, you know, I, I first I want to talk about the mandate in a minute because I think mandate is important. But just kind of, you know, going ahead, the crystal ball going forward. So, you know, be, everyone's talking about New York. You have New York in two weeks and then the remainder of the big um, Northeast primary in three weeks from now, a week later, Pennsylvania, Maryland, Delaware, Connecticut, and Rhode Island. Um, but before that, you actually have the remainders of Colorado and Wyoming, where Cruz is expected to sweep all the delegates, almost all of them. He could pick up another 48 just from there. So that's even more momentum. So we haven't even seen the polls actualize this. The other thing going forward is Kasich. So, you know, again, we talk about one-on-one, Cruz pretty much wins every state except for New York. That That's just, I mean, the polling has always demonstrated that that there's about 40% that will vote for Trump and everyone else will absolutely not vote for him. But, you know, the question was how much of a factor Kasich is. The big news last night is that Trump stayed the same. He got his 35. He got where, you know, he stayed the same. And incidentally, Trump was leading 3019 before Cruz went into the state and actually people knew there was another guy in the race. But Kasich was pulling in the low 20s, you know, for, for much of the race, he came in at just 14. Now, he was still enough to tip one district and sp- split the vote out in the West to Trump and give him three delegates there. But he has become more and more irrelevant. And I think more and more people that might want to vote for him realize that it is a wasted vote. And I think you have to dynamically score and project out two to three weeks now in the Northeast. Everyone's saying, oh, Kasich will be strong. Well, They've been saying that everywhere. He's supposed to be strong in Michigan, and he came in third beyond Cruz. You know, and he was supposed to be strong in Wisconsin. And and the truth is, I don't think he's really strong anywhere because even if he is strong in theory, he doesn't have a campaign to actually connect the potential to the kinetic energy and and deliver on that. So you know, you head into the Northeast, you have closed primaries. You have, um, you know, let, let's kind of break it down. New York, Trump's going to win. But the question is, how much? You know, it's important if Cruz could siphon out some districts. By the way, even if Trump wins 95 to 0, 
I will tell you, you know, we have it on the spreadsheet. He's still very unlikely to get 1237. But, you know, it would give him a little bit more of a mandate. You head out to the next week. You got... So you got Maryland and Delaware. So you know I'm 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 a lifelong Marylander, and I, I see this stuff being spewed on the web, and and California applies to everyone's like, well, how could Cruz win in the blue states? Well, we're not talking about a general election here. We're talking about a primary, and the thing is, not all primary electorates in blue states are created equal. The perception widely in New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut and Rhode Island, for that matter, is that a lot of the Republican electorate is moderate. And I think there's a lot of data to support that. Maryland is a different state. The, the Republicans, it's a closed primary. Only Republicans, Republicans could vote. They are as spirited and, and as sometimes even more radicalized just because of all the liberal stuff we deal with here, um, are very anti-left. Um, They're not moderate at all. California Republicans are the same way, and that's a closed primary as well. So... Trump is stuck at about 36% in both California and Maryland. California is later on June 7th. So I, I believe, you know, Kasich becoming less of a factor. And if the Cruz guys successfully drive down his numbers, and by the way, they did run anti, I know the Cruz super PACs ran anti-Kasich ads, and that seemed to be effective. He was driven down. If they could drive down Kasich, Cruz could win Maryland, winner take all, or almost all, it's congressional district, but it's pretty uniform there because of the gerrymandering. Delaware is winner take all. So you got right over there 38 plus 16. On the other hand, Trump's going to win Connecticut and Rhode Island, but that's a wash. Rhode Island's completely proportional. Connecticut's partially proportional. You know, Kasich also has a pulse there. It's going to be a wash. Pennsylvania. Joe, did you see that Pennsylvania Quinnipiac poll today? Taken before Wisconsin. So that's going to change. Where uh, you know Cruz was within nine, and again it had tr- Kasich all the way at twenty four. He never gets it. He always underperforms. And after last night, I imagine he tanks. Uh, again, given the Appalachian demographic, you know Trump is going to do better in Pennsylvania overall than he did in um, Wisconsin. But uh, you know Cruz could could definitely win that, and certainly Maryland and Delaware is a much wealthier demographic even than Wisconsin. Should be you know wealthy Maryland's conservative Republicans close primary. It really the Northeast doesn't look as bad for Cruz as I think the pundits are saying. Yeah, I mean again, the big issue, like you said, is going to be how they perform as as to what the polls say. I mean, obviously, when you're looking forward into this and into a crystal ball, what you're really doing is you're taking whatever data you have available and saying, okay, how have they done similarly in another state that, you know, that's like this one, and then taking in other factors. I mean, Pennsylvania, that poll is interesting to me for a couple of reasons. One, it was before Wisconsin. And two, it's, it's, it borders the states where Trump does well and where Kasich is theoretically supposed to do well. You know, you have Ohio in, in the Michigan in the Great Lakes area on the west. And then on the east, you got New York, New Jersey, Maryland and, and everything that borders, you know, over by Pennsylvania. And then, like you said, Appalachia, where where Trump has done very well. So for Cruz to be performing there as well in a poll as he is right now. And then you have to think that Wisconsin's going to give him a bump, and you have to think that he's probably going to perform better because he always seems to overperform these polls. Like you said, maybe the Northeast isn't completely out of the picture for him. No, exactly, exactly. And and New York also does him a favor, too. 
it, it, you know, even if he doesn't get congressional districts, it's media attention. That's where the media is. Yeah. I mean, this is to me again. You're not going to hear this elsewhere. I don't, you know, see people saying to me this is the biggest lesson of Wisconsin. It's that race became about Cruz. I mean, he actually got attention, and I think if he's able to harness that, and certainly being in New York where the media is, there's finally for the first time in the race. I mean, even after Cruz won the first state, he won Iowa. He got nothing for it. It was all about Rubio. It was about Rubio even when Rubio was comatose. And then it was about Kasich. No one talked about it. So I think that media attention, just people knowing, oh, there actually is another option. Let's take a look at this guy. And I think, like I said, that's where you see last night that when he actually gets on people's radar and he gets into a state and plays, he wins. Also, most of the delegates in Pennsylvania, the district-wide ones, are just all unbound, all unknown. It's a matter of candidates filing a slate and hoping people, you know, stick to them. So Cruz has shown a good ground game. So he could come away, you know, even if he doesn't win the statewide, he could win a lot of the district delegates unofficially. Um, and then, and then you know, you turn from the Northeast, and, you know, we have on our map, and I'm, I'm very confident of this, the Northeast is, is obviously trickier, that once you move beyond that, he pretty much could run the table. And and that is borne out by all this data. I mean, so you got Indiana is exact same deal as as um and Wisconsin right. as Wisconsin. And you gotta believe that again, unless it's a miracle, Kasich is gonna only get weaker and weaker of a factor and you know, make it easier for 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 Cruz. You know, you know, I have I still give on my map three districts, I don't say where, but you know, for, for our purposes, I'm focusing mainly on the south. The southern part of Indiana is, is kind of similar to the demographics Trump has won. Um, there's Nebraska, Oregon, Washington, all these western states. I happen to know Cruz is already up in Oregon, Washington. All the, the western states he does well in. Um, it's really only West Virginia is the only kind of state in between the big April 26th primary and then the June 7th finale. It really the calendar really slows down one and again one by one you don't have this national name ID one by one Cruz could come in with a superior campaign organization and you know focus that attention on the state and you know he's he's going to win those states it's, you know again West Virginia I give to Trump and then you got the June seventh finale so let's let's there's two big states and three small states so let's start with the small ones South Dakota and Montana. He's no one disputes that he's got that's winner take all. New Mexico is going to get two, but that's proportional. Um, you know, the big prize is California, California, New Jersey. Now, I think if he does as well as we think he is, by the time you get to New Jersey in a dynamic score, especially if Kasich is deflated, I think he could put New Jersey in play. But you know, let's let's say project that for now. You got to say that Trump would be better there. California is like Maryland. Like I said, it's a, it's a strong, a very spirited Republican Party there. Not not the establishment party, but the voters. They feel under siege. They're radicalized, and they are wealthier. So I have Trump getting maybe 10 districts in the south and east, the parts that border Nevada, maybe a couple of the urban areas. Maybe you can get to 15. But the northern part of the state, the northeast wine country, um, it's a very different rural demographic than the rural areas Trump is winning. Trump is stuck at 36 there. And Cruz is saving all his money. He's going to you know, just bomb away there. You're going to start to see him go there even before the Northeast. He's, he's already starting. He's going to make trips there over the next two, three weeks. So, you know, Joe, what I'm really getting to here is 
whether Cruz could tie him, come in about a hundred below, but together with you know maybe some of Rubio's delegates and the unbound come pretty close, he's gonna have a pretty nice mandate. And if if this plays out, he wins on the second ballot. You know, and and we're gonna go through all of Eno's delegate math, and you can see that on our website. But Joe, the question I want to discuss with you is is a moral mandate. So what would you say? You know, Trump guys are gonna say. Wait a minute! I won more states, and although it will kind of be close, but he could he, he could say overall, even in my scenario, he would have won more large states. Um, I won more total votes, maybe. I mean, we have to see what happens in California. Um, I won, you know, I won most of the way here, and I have let I, I come out with a plurality. Let's say a, a minor plurality. I should be the nominee. Isn't that fair? Aren't we democratic here? Well, and that's and that's where messaging in these campaigns really have to turn their attention. There was a political article that came out yesterday, uh, kind of talking about the the they, what they call the disarray of Trump's campaign. And whether or not there's disarray, I think there's definitely a shift occurring. And I think. Trump realizes that this thing's probably going to go to a convention. He's never really had a campaign on the ground, so to speak. So I think what you're seeing internally for those inside baseball folks that are probably listening to this is him realizing that and shifting to more of a convention mindset for his campaign. So he has to make that. If I'm on, if I'm on Team Trump, that that's the number one play and message that I I want to drum home because if you get to a second ballot I I don't think he wins and what we or or what would technically be a a third ballot or I mean it depends on what you call what but uh, in, in how the convention really goes with the rules. But w- once that initial argument is over and they sort of open things up a bit, I don't think he's winning. And the reason why is because of everything that you've seen later and what happens with these delegates. If anyone's watched an RNC chair race, what ends up happening is delegates start getting shifted around. People start moving around. You can raise other candidates. This is where the whole like Paul Ryan or, sure. or Kasich thing are coming in. So So he has to make that mandate argument that I have won the most. I've won the most delegates. I have the plurality. The people have voted for me. This is democracy. I should be the nominee. He has to do that. That's his yeah, only... and that and that's you're seeing it. He's already doing that. Now my response to this is as follows and, and Rob you know is gonna have a post on this. I might have something, you know, supplementing it as well. But he here's the case against that. First off, primaries are manifestly undemocratic yes. okay so you know before and intentionally before Trump and Cruz, they're, they're that in, way intentionally yeah. yeah yeah i mean there is no provision in the constitution for party system for primaries you the the parties could do what they want I mean, you could start a new party if you want they, they could do what they want this is before trump and Cruz. so you know trump is honing in on one aspect he doesn't like that wait a minute well there's the votes but then there's the delegates and Cruz is you know going to all these state conventions and and winning over these delegates well that's not fair well you know he, here here's the deal you start out knowing the same set of rules and you play by that uniform set you might not like the rules but everyone knows that there are and, and it's not just one factor I would argue there's about 10 factors about primaries that are undemocratic some of them in this case benefit Trump some benefit Cruz you know that going into it and you play your campaign based on that to maximize your outcome now look I could I could a couple things here number one as we demonstrated in the first half 
if on a second ballot a majority of the delegates go for Trump, go for Cruz, that would actually reflect the will of the people. <laughs> As we are demonstrating, 60% don't want him. And not not just not first choice. They absolutely don't want him. And, you know, in, in a one-on-one field, and we're seeing it, they're going with Cruz. It's just that the first half of the map was so divided. You know, if, if, for example, if this would go into overtime, we don't have extra quarters. But if you would continue going on, I would think Cruz will continue winning and winning in a one-on-one race. So Cruz, and this is why I do think Cruz should win Pennsylvania, should win California, meaning not just deny him the delegate Trump 1237, but come close, tie him, win the states. I think it's important he gets that mandate. But, th- there, you know, there's another thing. I could tell you it's unfair Democrats get to vote. What, what's with this open primary garbage? Right. You know— you don't hear Trump talking about that. Had this been a closed primary where all the let the people decide? Okay, I agree. Well, in a primary, it's let the party people decide. So let the Republicans decide. This would be this would have already been a very different race had all these contests been closed. Right. I, I think that that and that's definitely what Cruz has to say. And I think that's the right way to look at it. Anytime uh, you have a set of rules and, and, you know, having gone to law school, we talk a lot about this is that a law is not created in a vacuum. It's created within the system of other laws. So a lot of things are taken into consideration when these laws are written and created. And sure, there are a lot of bad laws out there. But but all that to say, Trump won a lot of votes from Democrats, like you just said. So for him to go and say, well, I have a plurality, so I should still be the nominee, the easy argument to make against it and the right argument, I think, and I think you would agree, is that, well, but that's why we have the 1237. It's sort of it's sort of like on the presidential side when it comes down to the Electoral College. You, 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 270. Yeah, you have to get to 270. And if there's a third candidate in there and you don't do it, you don't say, oh, well, the number now has to be... Uh, if I could do math better, I'd figure out what that is, you know, in a three-person race. That's not it. You have to get 270. And if there's four people that are in it, you still have to get 270. And so that's that's the easy argument that Trump or that Cruz makes against the Trump mandate, you know, that we just talked about is, look, you didn't get 1237. I didn't get 1237. Now there are rules and there are structures in place. And we we now need to see these out. We now need to let the delegates and the people in the system work in, in the process that it is. And, and and according to our crystal ball, and I'm pretty confident of it, if he wins June 7th, wins California, he will be coming in winning the second half of the map. Right winning over the hearts and minds and really having that mandate anyway. It was just the first half was banked in, you know, because of the split field. Uh, but m- most of them do not want him. And and certainly that was borne out last night in Wisconsin. And I'd say, you know, again, you got to, like you said, in law school, you got to, you know, you learn that rules matter and uniformity matters. And you got to, you got to go based on the uniform rules you have. You could change it in the next you know race. Yeah. And there's a lot of things I like to change, but look, l- let's take, for example, the Northeast. Okay, you have two tiny states, Delaware and Rhode Island. Delaware is winner take all. Rhode Island is completely proportional. So you take a tiny state and make it proportional. You net nothing out of it. Is that, I mean, should it be that way? Well, whatever. But each state gets to decide. So Cruz is going to be smart, and he's not going to go to Rhode Island, and he's going to go to Delaware. I mean, that's what he's been doing, you know. And, and that's the thing. You, you know the rules. It's not like Cruz has you know invented something or knows something Trump doesn't know. I mean, he needs to stop being low energy and kind of organize a campaign that gets this and understands how to maximize your potential. That is what – and look, Joe, Democrat primaries are the worst. They're even worse. You have the super delegates that completely overwrite the thing, and you have the um, district proportionality with 
the 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 bonus points the way they're allocated so you could downright have someone win a state but um if they won only let's say the rural areas and clinton you know hillary wins the the african-american minority areas those areas tend to be the most democrat they have the most bonus points she could she could actually get more more delegates out of out of losing the same way obama did to her eight years ago so i mean there there's is even more undemocratic that's how party Things are. We could talk about changing some of this going forward, but again, it works both ways. Trump is benefiting from some of the the rules as well. There were some winner take all states. You know, he, it wasn't fair that Florida got to be winner take all, and Cruz didn't have an opportunity to go in there because Rubio was blocking. And I mean, you could go on and on about this. The end of the day, everyone was given the same rules. One guy is maximizing it. One guy is showing he's low energy, and that tells you that maybe he's not such a good general election candidate as he um, as he claims to be. Yeah, and and I think that's at the end of the day one of the big things. I mean, as we've been talking, I've been just sort of scanning Twitter, and a lot of the stories that are coming up are about you know the positions Kasich has finished in, and Rubio has kind of re-entered the conversation for the main reason that. You know, like you just said, Florida was a, a winner-take-all state, and and Rubio was down there, sort of blocking the way. And had this been a two-man race all along, had this been like a true race to twelve thirty-seven between two candidates, y- you would have a very different story, I think, oh. on your hand. I mean, if, especially if both factors closed all closed primaries and one-on-one, Cruz would get to twelve thirty-seven. Absent one of the factors, he has a shot at it. So that that's the point. The delegates going a majority for for Cruz would actually reflect where the people are. Um, it's it's not it's it's not even undemocratic in that sense. But anyway, we're out of time with our self imposed thirty minute deadline here. Um, and, until next time, I want you all to check out again LevinTV.com and also, you know, guide for the perplexed. Whether it's the calendar ahead the polling, the primaries, and of course, at Conservative Conscience, the issues, the Supreme Court, um, Congress, you know, the stuff they're going to do, the important national security issues. We got it all covered. Everything you need to know, conservativereview.com. Thanks for listening again. Until next time, this is the Conservative Conscience.